Planning a trip? Call my friend Jessica Vila from Sweet Bay Travel Concierge at 623-225-9609. While she can book a trip for you anywhere in the world, she specializes in Disney trips. If you're looking for a more luxurious and personalized cruise experience, Jessica can help you set sail in style with Disney Cruise Line's Concierge Level. This service gives you priority check-in and boarding, early access to your stateroom and show seating, free internet, exclusive character meet and greets, a private sun deck, and more. But what if you don't want concierge level and still want to take a Disney cruise? Regardless of your choice, Jessica will make sure that every aspect of your cruise is perfect. She can also book you on an Adventures by Disney world-class travel experience. With over 40 adventures over seven continents, Adventures by Disney provides a culturally immersive, once-in-a-lifetime dream vacation. You'll get VIP treatment, the world's best adventure guides, special activities for junior adventurers, and more. No matter the destination, Jessica will put together that perfect trip just for you. She will literally handle everything. Begin your new adventure by calling Jessica at 623-225-9609 or email her at jessica at sweetbaytravelconcierge.com. That's sweetbay, B-A-Y, travelconcierge.com. Why have a regular vacation when you can have a magical one? Hello guests, and welcome to another Magical Moments episode of The Mouse and Me. Today's episode is the second part of Dining at Disney. Because there are so many dining options at Disney in the US, I broke this Magical Moments down into two episodes. Last week, I talked all about dining at Walt Disney World, and I covered just the places where I personally have eaten at Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom, Disney Springs, and the resorts. This week's episode is all about dining at the Disneyland Resort and will be a bit shorter than last week's because in California, there are only two Disney parks, not four, and downtown Disney is 20 acres compared to Disney Springs at Walt Disney World, which is 120 acres. Put it this way, the Disneyland Resort is about 500 acres in total and can fit into Animal Kingdom at Walt Disney World with room to spare. That's crazy. Before I dive in, I'd like to read the same food-related quotes that I read during my Dining at Walt Disney World episode because I really like them, and I hope you will too. This first one is by Orson Welles. My doctor told me I had to stop throwing intimate dinner parties for four unless there are three other people. Here's another really funny one by W.C. Fields. He said, I cook with wine. Sometimes I even add it to the food. Ernestine Ulmer said, Life is uncertain. Eat dessert first. Mm-hmm. Here's a quote from Barbara Johnson. She said, A balanced diet is a cookie in each hand. She's clearly had a jack-jack cookie num-num. Here's a quote from famous U.S. chef and author Julia Child. People who love to eat are always the best people. And finally, Anna Thomas said, We all eat, and it would be a sad waste of opportunity to eat badly. I completely agree with her. I was a pretty fortunate kid. I ate at some nice restaurants, and of course, the food was great, but I also remember the service, the atmosphere, and the presentation of the dishes. Having said that, I'd like to share a quick story about one of my favorite and most memorable dining experiences. I was 12 years old, and Grandpa and I traveled to Orlando, and on one of the nights we were there, a family friend, Gracia, who is a member of the Citrus Club, invited us to dine with her. You heard that right. I said, dine, because that's exactly what we did. 
Even though I was 12 years old, I distinctly remember having a jumbo shrimp cocktail as an appetizer, a Caesar salad where they made the dressing tableside, eating a perfectly cooked filet for my main, and for dessert I had bananas foster, and they made that tableside as well. They peeled and sliced the bananas, they sautéed them in butter, brown sugar, cinnamon, dark rum, and banana liqueur, and then ultimately lit the darn thing on fire, you know, the whole nine yards, and then served it over real vanilla bean ice cream. You could actually see the pieces of the vanilla bean. After dessert, Grandpa and Gracia were talking. I always listened to the adults talk at the table when I was a kid. I found the conversations to be very interesting. And all of a sudden, Gracia stopped talking and looked down at her watch. She then stood up abruptly and asked me to come with her. I followed as closely as I could as she walked quickly to the other side of the restaurant. When we got to the floor-to-ceiling windows, she told me to keep looking out in the distance. All I could see were lights of buildings and cars, but after a minute or so, beautiful explosions of light filled the sky. It was the Magic Kingdom fireworks way off in the distance. It was the perfect ending to a perfect meal. The entire experience was unique and wonderful and magical. Okay, it's time. Let's travel across the country together to the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim. Now, just like Walt Disney World, there are so many restaurants and places to eat at the Disneyland Resort, so I'm only going to talk about places where I've eaten, and I'm going to start with the very first Disney park, the park that Walt built and walked in, Disneyland. Disneyland opened on July 17th, 1955. Blue Bayou Restaurant, in my opinion, is the best table service restaurant in the park. Now, from what I've heard, Club 33 is the pinnacle of dining and is a first-class experience, but I've never eaten there. I don't have an extra $30,000 for a membership, and I've never been invited to eat there. So, if anyone listening has a membership, or knows of someone who has a membership and wants to invite me, feel free to reach out to me at the mouse and me podcast at gmail.com or private message me on social media. Just search the mouse and me. But I digress. Back to Blue Bayou. This restaurant serves Louisiana-inspired food. I ate there twice and had the jambalaya both times. The taste was incredible. The portion size was incredible. I just absolutely loved it. Now, in addition to the food, I really liked Blue Bayou because I got to sit in part of the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. From every table, you can see the boats glide right past you. It's just a really neat experience. My only complaint is the lighting. And I'm going to sound like I'm a thousand years old here, but it was so dark in that restaurant when I ate there, I could hardly read the menu. I had to use the light on my iPhone in order to see it. Now, the good news is when I rode Pirates in February, the lighting looked noticeably brighter. Bengal Barbecue is a quick service stand location just across from Jungle Cruise and is a perfect place to grab a quick and very tasty snack. Out of the six different skewers on the menu, I've had the hot and spicy Banyan Beef Skewer, the more tame Bengal Beef Skewer in a sweet sauce, the Chieftain Chicken Skewer which was brushed with a Polynesian sauce, the Safari Skewer which is bacon wrapped asparagus, and the Bengal Rice Plate where you get to choose two skewers with the side of rice and the citrus miso sauce. All of the skewers are cooked on an open grill, and all of the ones that I had were very, very good. For a snack, the portion sizes were just right, and they were priced accordingly. I also sat outside the Mint Julep Bar in the French Market restaurant and enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed, Mickey-shaped beignets. I mean, 
It was pillowy dough in the shape of Mickey Mouse dusted with confectioner sugar. They were heavenly. Pro tip, don't breathe in as you're taking a bite of the beignet or else you'll cough and the powdered sugar will fly all over the place. This may or may not have happened to me twice. Like literally as soon as I coughed the first time, I did it again on my next bite. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> I really don't. When I ate there, and this was several years ago, there was live New Orleans-inspired music playing and that made the experience so much better. This area was recently updated and opened as Tiana's Palace on September 7th. It also marked the return of the Mint Julep Bar. The bad news is no more Mickey-shaped beignets here. The good news is you can get them right around the corner at the Royal Street Veranda, which is at the entrance of Royal Street. You can also get there by making a right turn when you get off of the Pirates of the Caribbean. When my daughter and I went to Disneyland in August, we had a churro from the churro cart that's near the entrance of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. It was my second churro at a Disney park and her first, and she was surprised at how much she loved it. To give you an idea of my daughter's love of food, she said, and I quote, Mickey pretzel, churros, pickles, corn. Those are my four food groups at Disney. She also has a Disney Snacks Loungefly backpack because, well, it suits her. God, I love that kid. I also ate at Alien Pizza Planet in Tomorrowland. I had a pizza. It filled the need in the moment as it took the edge off. This is a quick service location and you can either eat inside or in their covered outdoor seating area which is right near the entrance to Space Mountain. The next thing I'll talk about in Disneyland Park is the Dole Whip. At Disneyland, you can get them in a couple of places. The first is the Tiki Juice Bar near the entrance to Adventureland from the Hub. I've had the original Dole Whip, which is the pineapple soft serve, and I've also had the Dole Whip Float, which is Dole Whip pineapple juice topped with Dole Whip pineapple soft serve. People often ask me which of the two is my favorite, and my answer is always the same. Yes. In, ad in addition to those original flavor options, the Tropical Hideaway, which is right around the corner from the Tiki Juice Bar, has other favorite Dole Whip flavors like mango and strawberry. I've had the Pineapple Mango Swirl, the Strawberry Pineapple Swirl, and the Strawberry Dole Whip Sundae, which is strawberry Dole Whip topped with fresh diced strawberries and pieces of shortcake with a strawberry drizzle. Mm-mm, mm-mm-mm. They also serve some light food snacks. I tried the sweet, sticky, roasted pork bao buns, which were served with the sweet barbecue sauce and dusted with paprika. It was pretty darn good. In last week's Dining at Walt Disney World episode, I talked about some of the food in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. The Disneyland version is pretty much exactly the same as the one at Hollywood Studios, including the quick service Ronto Roasters. The only difference in the menu is at Disneyland, they don't serve alcohol, so no Trandoshan Ale. Former guest Don Daryl Rivera spoke so highly of the Ronto wrap there that I promised to try them on my next trip to Disney, and I did. I first had the breakfast Ronto wrap, which is scrambled eggs, grilled pork sausage, shredded cheddar cheese, and peppercorn sauce wrapped in pita bread. Believe it or not, I went back later for an early dinner and had the Ronto wrap, which is roasted pork, grilled pork sausage, peppercorn sauce, and tangy coleslaw wrapped in pita bread. Both wraps were super great, and if I had to pick just one of them, I'd have to go with the Ronto wrap I had for dinner. And we will be right back. If you're looking for a unique, finely crafted gift that's like no other, you have to check out bowandharrow.com. Bow and Harrow specializes in using reclaimed materials, 
from a variety of sources to create heirloom quality products with their own story to tell. These incredible materials range from sports stadium seats to whiskey barrels to your favorite film locations and more. And every single piece they make is handcrafted in their Southern California studio. I purchased the black titanium twist ball pen, the Fitzgerald model, from them, and the quality and craftsmanship is second to none. To see their gorgeous pens, rings, cufflinks, cutting boards, serving trays, bottle openers, and more, visit bowandharrow.com. That's bow, B-O-W, and harrow, H-A-R-R-O-W.com. Bow and Harrow, bringing customers the highest quality handmade products that exceed all expectations. Attention Disney enthusiasts, film fans, and those who have grown up with and have been inspired by Disney animation films. Drawn to Greatness, Disney's animation renaissance tells the story of Walt Disney Studios' hit animated films of the 1990s. This incredible book, written by celebrated author and 20-year Walt Disney World veteran Michael Lyons, provides the chronological story of how a group of Disney artists trained by legends who had worked on the studio's classic films believed in the power of storytelling. Each Disney animated film from this era is captured in first-hand detail, including how the blockbuster success of The Lion King was a circle-of-life moment for the studio, how The Nightmare Before Christmas went from a forgotten project to a scary success, how Toy Story took animation to infinity and beyond, and so much more. Get your copy of Drawn to Greatness, Disney's Animation Renaissance today at Amazon.com or through Michael's website, wordsfromlions.com. If you order through his website, Michael will sign and personalize the book to you. Again, that's wordsfromlions.com, L-Y-O-N-S.com. And now, back to the show. Disney's California Adventure opened on February 8th, 2001, and is a literal two-minute walk from Disneyland Park, and they have some pretty solid food options. I'll start with five, yes, five of my favorite snacks. Ghirardelli's has been a symbol of San Francisco since 1852, and their chocolate is world famous for its exceptional flavor and quality. If you like chocolate or ice cream, you have to visit Ghirardelli Soda Fountain and Chocolate Shop in California Adventure. Located in the reimagined San Francisco Square, Ghirardelli's is home to one of the best root beer floats I've ever had. It's simply heaven. There's just something about the flavor of Ghirardelli's vanilla ice cream. It's my go-to treat there, and it's never a disappointment. Another one of my favorite snacks is the sourdough bread at Aunt Cass Cafe, which is also in San Francisco Square. It's across from Ghirardelli's and next door to Boudin's Bakery where you can walk through and watch them make the sourdough bread. The highlight for me has to be the Mickey-shaped sourdough bread. It's, well, it's Boudin's and the bread is in the shape of Mickey Mouse and now also in the shape of Baymax. How could it be bad? This Mickey Mouse bread is literally larger than your head and is definitely a snack meant for sharing. It's so good, like super good, super duper good. It also makes for a fun and unique gift. On the last night of our most recent trip, Ella and I got two of the Mickey-shaped breads and gave them as gifts to family in Las Vegas. The corn on the cob is another all-time favorite snack in California Adventure. The first time we went to this park, we saw corn on the cob carts and were intrigued. There were a few different flavors, butter, garlic parmesan, and chili lime. We tried all of them, but our favorite was the chili lime. 
We liked the corn so much that we wound up getting several ears that day. And when we got home from the trip, we bought chili lime seasoning and put that stuff on everything. We still refer to it as our special Disney spice. So chili lime seasoning for the win. If you've listened to any of the other episodes of the show, you know I just love the Jack Jack Cookie Num Num, and you'll be happy to know that you can get said Jack Jack Cookie Num Num at the Incredicoaster, which is located at the far end of the park in Pixar Pier. This food cart is located near the entrance and exit of the Incredicoaster. I may or may not have had two on my last trip. Don't judge me. Also, if you listen to my interview with Jim Landis, He told me that he absolutely loves warm chocolate chip cookies, and he and I talked about the Jack Jack Cookie Num Num. Obviously, I strongly recommended this snack, and Jim promised that he'd try one the next time he went, and that he'd take a picture and send it to me. Well, about a month ago, Jim made good on his promise, and when I asked him how the cookie was, he simply said, amazing. During the Dining at Walt Disney World Magical Moments, I talked about the different Dole Whip flavors and locations, and was so extra excited about the Lemon Dole Whip at Storybook Treats in Magic Kingdom? Well, you can get this tasty Lemon Dole Whip, among other flavors, at Adorable Snowman Frosted Treats, which is at the top of the boardwalk near the Incredicoaster. They also have mango and blue raspberry, and you can turn them into adult beverages. You can get a chili lime mango margarita and a lemon raspberry swirl with a splash of blue curacao. Well, needless to say, I had the Lemon Dole Whip, It was incredible. I also tried the shawarma in Avengers Campus. It was good, but for the purists out there, just know that it isn't authentic shawarma. Also, if you don't like or can't handle spicy foods, you might want to skip this snack. Now, the spice level isn't knock you off your feet spicy, but it's definitely not mild. I did enjoy it and would have it again if I were really hungry and couldn't wait to eat somewhere else. What can I say? I'm a purist. Ella and I shared a corn dog from Corn Dog Castle. It was a pretty decent size and it was a pretty darn good corn dog. It's located in between Goofy's Sky School and the Golden Zephyr. I've also eaten at Lucky Fortune Cookery and to be honest, it's quick service imitation Asian food and it's fair at best. It's the equivalent to a master walk in a mall food court. If you're a churro fan, be sure to visit Willie's Churros at Buena Vista Street, which is located across from Carthay Circle Restaurant. I prefer to call churros pastry wands of fried dough. The ones that we had were coated in cinnamon sugary goodness, and they were warm and just delicious. For full-service meals, I've eaten at Wine Country Trattoria, Carthay Circle Restaurant, and Carthay Circle Lounge. Wine Country Trattoria has varied options from pasta, chicken, and beef to seafood and vegetarian options. I've eaten there twice and had the chicken parmesan with the side of pasta both times. The food was a solid 6 out of 10, but you have to know that I'm spoiled when it comes to Italian food. And here's another food detour. I used to work and eat at a family-owned Italian restaurant in New York City where the owners and recipes were from the homeland. If you're in the mood for some amazing Italian food and you're in the Midtown Theater District area, check out Mamma Mia 44 Southwest. They're located on the southwest corner of 44th and 9th. Every dish, and I mean every dish, is a treat for your taste buds. And every time I eat there without fail, I get the calamari to start and the tiramisu for dessert, and most of the time, the chicken marsala for my main. Anyway, The breading for the calamari is just super special, and both the breading and tiramisu are mama's recipes. 
But back to Wine Country Trattoria. Would I eat there again? I would, but I'd eat at Carthay Circle Restaurant first. Now that place is a treasure. Carthay Circle Restaurant occupies the second floor of a meticulous reproduction of the iconic Carthay Circle Theater in Los Angeles. The original Carthay Circle Theater was built in 1926 and was one of the great movie palaces of Hollywood's golden age, and it played a pivotal role in Walt Disney's life. His first feature-length film, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, premiered there in 1937, and in 1941, groundbreaking stereophonic Fantasound was installed for the West Coast premiere of Fantasia. Another fun fact about Fantasia, it's Disney's longest animated feature. The design and decor of Carthay Circle Restaurant reflects the romance and glamour of that bygone era with rare artifacts and references to the early Disney era. As you walk through the restaurant, you'll see Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs Cells, which is the only animated art ever to hang in Walt Disney's home. There's also the pastoral scene from the movie that's painted on the ceiling of the main dining room. The ambiance, service, and the quality and presentation of the food was top-notch. The menu prices do reflect those things, but I'd absolutely go back time and time again. I had the salmon filet and some adult beverage. I honestly forget which one. All I remember is I nursed it because it was so good. The salmon was served on top of a risotto and was drizzled with a red pepper sauce. In general, I'm not the biggest fan of red peppers, but this sauce was really, really good. It had a slight hint of heat and the pepper flavor wasn't overpowering and actually enhanced the dish. The food was absolutely fantastic. The menu does change, so if you do go to Carthay Circle Restaurant and if you like salmon, I hope you have the opportunity to try it. The Carthay Circle Lounge Al Fresco Dining is another treasure. They're located on the main level and they serve more of a seasonal menu of Mediterranean California light fare that can be shared or enjoyed separately. Some dishes include a warm crab cake, chilled shrimp, Moroccan roasted chicken meatballs, and the filet mignon skewers. I have the filet skewers and would eat it again right now, right now, if given the opportunity. Moving on to the downtown Disney District, which is located just outside of both parks. I've eaten at Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen twice and had the pasta jambalaya and the blackened salmon. Both were delightful and the beignets made for an oh-so-delicious dessert. Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen has been renamed and is now the Jazz Kitchen Coastal Grill and Patio and the new menu looks just as wonderful. I've eaten dinner at Black Tap Craft Burgers and Shakes twice. This somewhat table service restaurant pays homage to the great American luncheonettes from the 80s and 90s. I say somewhat table service because you order your meal at a counter, they give you a number, you find your own table, get your own soft drinks, and then someone brings your food out to you. You don't have a dedicated server, so if you need anything, you just have to snag someone as they're walking by. No complaints here, just giving you the facts. If you eat here, be sure to bring an appetite. This restaurant serves a decent selection of appetizers, including wings, fried pickles, and mozzarella sticks. They also have a large selection of craft burgers, chicken sandwiches, wings, salad, vegan sandwiches and veggies, as well as a kid's menu. Also, their classic milkshakes are pieces of art. I've never had one. They're just way too much for me in, in size and in sugar, but boy, do they look remarkable. Look at pictures of these shakes on the web and you'll see exactly what I mean. A few of them come with a piece of cake on top of the glass, like a regular sized piece of cake. 
The prices of these shakes start at $11 for your basic vanilla, chocolate, etc., and can cost up to $24. But back to my food. I was so happy with my meal the first time that I ordered the exact same thing on my second trip. I started with the fried pickles, and for my main, I got the Black Tap Burger Salad, which is a prime burger patty with American cheese, bacon, lettuce, tomato, pickled onion, cucumber, pickle, scallions, and a side of special sauce tossed in house vinaigrette of olive oil and apple cider vinegar. It was so good. I've also eaten dinner at Tortilla Joe's twice. At this table service restaurant, you can enjoy your meal amidst charming Spanish tiles, ceramic pottery, and rustic wooden furniture, or you can enjoy the beautiful Southern California weather on their spacious Cantina Terrace, which is surrounded by string lights. They also have an expansive tequila bar, which is a perfect place to people watch with one of their 11 handcrafted margaritas. They also have a large selection of beer, wine, and cocktails. Both times, I ordered and thoroughly enjoyed the fajitas de tres, which is grilled chicken, steak, and shrimp with sauteed peppers, onions, and fresh oregano served on a sizzling skillet. I did substitute zucchini for the sauteed peppers, and I was very, very happy. The portions were decent, the pricing was fair, the atmosphere was wonderful, our server was a lot of fun and very informative, and I would go back for sure. On my last trip to Disneyland, Ella and I ate at Naples Ristorante y Bar. Ella ordered the spaghetti and meatballs and she enjoyed it. I wasn't ravenous, so I ordered the chicken Caesar salad and I was surprised at how large the portion was and how not great it was. The chicken was dry and had no taste. The dressing was watered down, it, it was super bland. I cannot recommend this restaurant. The food I had was nothing special, as were the menu options. I won't go back, only because there are so many other options. The last place I've eaten at Downtown Disney is Earl of Sandwich. Here you can eat your meal al fresco on their patio or take it to go. They have a handful of breakfast sandwiches and also hot sandwiches, soups, salad, wraps, sides, and pizza bread. And for the kids, they have grilled cheese and turkey and cheese. I got the Chipotle Chicken Avocado Sandwich, which is grilled chicken, bacon, cheddar, avocado, lettuce, and chipotle sauce. It was solid. If I wanted a quicker meal, I'd definitely go back for the same sandwich, or I might even try one of their other sandwiches like the roasted beef with cheddar and horseradish sauce, their Cuban sandwich, or the full Montague, which is roasted beef, turkey, Swiss, cheddar, lettuce, Roma tomato, and Earl's mustard sauce. Out of the three Disney Resort hotels in Anaheim, I've only eaten dinner at one restaurant in Disney's Grand Californian Hotel and Spa. Storyteller's Cafe is an all-you-care-to-enjoy buffet where you get to feast on fantastic fare. How's that for alliteration? You get to feast on fantastic fare that celebrates the art of storytelling. Some of the delicious dishes include the flatbread of the day, Caesar salad, a seasonal soup, roasted chicken, a seasonal fish, vegetables, slow-roasted prime rib with creamy horseradish from the carving station, a pasta of the day, plant-based favorites, Walt's famous chili, a rotating chef's selection of small plates, and more. Options for the kiddos include chicken fingers, cheeseburger sliders, the fish of the day, assorted flatbreads, and grilled cheese. The cost for dinner is $44 per adult plus tax and gratuity and $25 per child ages 3 to 9 plus tax and gratuity. For breakfast and lunch, it's slightly higher because you'll get to meet Mickey and some of his closest pals. The cost is $49 per adult and $29 per child. 
My only complaint with Storyteller's Cafe is the one and only time I was there, they were out of Walt's chili. Now, not out as in they were out of the ingredients to make the chili, they just ran out and were making more. We were told it would be about 45 minutes until they had more chili, so we waited and they still didn't have it. So here are my thoughts. Walt was known for his chili. He had a kitchen in his office in Burbank and he made chili. This restaurant has been around for over 20 years. I feel like the management should know by now how much food they go through on a nightly basis. Like they should know what the popular items are. I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. All in all, it was a good experience. I enjoyed the food and I would go back. Before I wrap up, here are some general Disney dining tips. Tip number one, for full service restaurants, you'll need a credit card to guarantee your reservation. If you need to cancel your reservation at Walt Disney World, you must do so within two hours of the reservation time to avoid a per person cancellation fee of $10. Each restaurant's policies are provided when you make the reservation. Just check each restaurant's policies when you make the reservation because they are provided. Also, if you're already booked, the policies can be found in your confirmation email. If you cancel at Disneyland, well, when you book a reservation, just be aware of the cancellation policy that's provided at the time of booking. I'll put a link to the dining reservations FAQs for both Walt Disney World and Disneyland in the episode description. Tip number two, if you or anyone in your party has an allergy or a dietary restriction, make your needs known when you book your reservation and again when you arrive at the restaurant. Let your server know that you'd like to take a look at an allergy-friendly menu, and in many cases, the chefs will come to your table to discuss options. Disney is incredibly accommodating. Tip number three, at select dining locations throughout Walt Disney World and Disneyland, you can use the mobile ordering feature via the My Disney Experience app. I've done this before, and it's a very convenient, contactless way for you to plan ahead and enjoy food and beverages throughout the day. Tip number four, dress code. Dress is informal at all restaurants within the theme parks, but Disney has a business casual dress code for some of its resort restaurants at Walt Disney World. There are a few handfuls, so just be sure to check the dress code before you make the reservation. This also applies to Napa Rose, where you can savor upscale California fare and an extensive wine list in an elegant setting at Disney's Grand Californian Hotel and Spa. Tip number five, if you're dining in one of the parks and cost is an issue, make lunch your main meal. Entrees are similar to those on the dinner menu and the prices might be a little bit lower. Also, if you're not super hungry and are with others, maybe get an appetizer each and share a main dish. Tip number six, take a look at where the restaurant is located in proximity to where you'll spend the majority of your day. If you need to park hop in order to make it to dinner, make sure you give yourself plenty of time to travel from point A to point B. Tip number seven, if you're looking to meet a specific character at a character dining experience, read up on who you'll see at each restaurant before you make your reservation. Not every character dining experience has Mickey Mouse. And finally, tip number eight, if you're at the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim and you want a rope drop, use the Starbucks app on your phone to order your food and pick it up at the downtown Disney location on your way to the parks. Unless you're staying off-site and your hotel has a continental breakfast. Then you can have what I like to call second breakfast and then ride the Incredicoaster as soon as you get into the park. At 55 miles an hour, it's only the fastest ride there with an inversion. Good luck with that. So, 
How many restaurants of these have you been to? What's your favorite Disneyland restaurant and snack and why? I'd love to know, so please leave a comment and a pic of your food or your dining experience on the Mouse and Me Facebook page or tag the Mouse and Me on Instagram. And that'll do it for this week's Magical Moments. If you liked what you've heard, please subscribe to the show, rate and leave a review, and tell all of your friends. And if you didn't like it, well, tell your enemies. Be sure to follow me on the socials by searching The Mouse and Me. You can also email me at themouseandmepodcast at gmail.com and visit patreon.com slash themouseandme to support the show. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you have the best day ever, and see you real soon. (laughs) 